What unanswered questions do the Carolina Panthers have heading into training camp next week? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Fridays I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Either at me or DM me over on Twitter, at Julian Council, to get your weekly Friday mailbag questions into me now. Eight days away from the Carolina Panthers reporting to training camp down I-85 South in Spartanburg, South Carolina, on the campus of beautiful Wofford College for another season ahead of the 2023 campaign here in Carolina. And I'm ready to get there, y'all. We are here now back to five days a week, and we talk about Brian Burns and his contract situation. There's an offer out there on the table, according to Darren Gann at Panthers.com. But you got to wait to see what's going to happen, whether he wants to sign now or if he's waiting for Nick Bosa or if Nick Bosa is waiting for him. The latest contract, that is the benchmark, so it would be wise for Brian Burns to wait and see what Bosa gets and say, give me that or give me more of that because I'm sure that's exactly what he wants. And the Panthers have put themselves in a situation where it's going to be pretty hard to turn down Brian Burns and his demands considering that they could have traded him back in October and didn't do it. They could have traded him back in March and didn't do it. And they've also said that Burns is going to be here and they've made it known multiple times that Brian Burns is a player that they want in Carolina for the foreseeable future. I do think a deal will get done possibly this week. But there's really no rush and no reason to be concerned about it heading into training camp into the season next week. But there are still questions that need to be answered heading into training camp. And of course, Brian Burns, will he sign a new deal? Is one of those questions, but there's other ones that the Panthers need to answer once we head into the regular season opener in Atlanta against the Falcons and when maybe Bryce Young will be the starting quarterback. Certainly seems to be that case. So we'll look at some of the unanswered questions the Panthers have heading into training camp next week at Wofford here on today's show. And we'll also look at some of the things that we know heading to training camp next week down in Spartanburg at Wofford. Starting off, as I mentioned, Brian Burns will he sign a new deal. That's probably still the number one unanswered question here in Carolina right now as we're wondering, wondering whether he's going to become one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid, edge rusher in the NFL. It would be crazy to think that he'd get more money than Miles Garrett, but that's how these things work, y'all. If you produce, which he has the last couple seasons, last year, first year as a double-digit sack um, artist with 12 and a half, when you look at back-to-back Pro Bowls, you produce like that, more than Bradley Chubb, you're going to expect to get that kind of money, if not more. And really, Brian Burns is going to be expecting to get more than what Bradley Chubb got. And if Nick Bosa gets paid first, he's going to want to have equal, if not more, to what Nick Bosa got. Look at the quarterback market, and you look at some guys that have made more money than other players. It's wild, but that's just how the market works in the NFL 
for every position except for running back, which apparently no one wants to play running backs. I feel guilty by being one of these people that says don't pay them, but damn, really sucks to see some of those guys out there produced and not get paid at all. That will not be the case for Brian Burns. The only question is when, not if, he'll get paid because he's going to get paid. When's it going to happen? Will that be tied up before next week? And he's not the only one. Like Nick Bosa, as I mentioned, we're waiting on his contract. Joe Burrow waiting on his contract in Cincinnati. These guys are going to get paid eventually, and you would think it would happen before the season gets underway, especially for some of the guys that have produced really well and have not had injuries. You want to avoid that, get that money right now. And Brian Burns is one of those guys, of course. Uh, The second one I'm looking at is, of course, talking about edge rushers still and that other outside linebacker position going into training camp next week. As we sit here on Tuesday, July 18th, it looks like Marquise Haynes will be the starter at outside linebacker. Now, that's not to say that guys like Gross Matos can't step up and play that role that Frankie Luvu in this new 3-4 scheme where he's projected to start at inside linebacker. It's not to say that on first and second down he's inside, but then he kicks out the outside there after having seven sacks a year ago. That is a possibility, but the Panthers certainly want to find someone who can be a little bit more reliable than what they got last season. And breaking down the outside linebackers earlier this month, I did talk about, you know, Marquise Haynes' numbers and whether I'm looking at it in a skewed manner as far as what his uh, production has been in terms of his usage. And when I looked at it, didn't seem like he was all that effective, although not his best season as a Panther last year. And I do wonder if those first nine weeks he was injured after having that knee issue early on in training camp last year and it being day-to-day and still being able to go out and not miss a single game a year ago, but really turn it on in the final nine weeks of the season. Will he be, or eight weeks, whether, will he be that guy again this year in Carolina? Can he build off of that? Or will the Panthers decide that it makes more sense for them to go out and get a veteran? There's still veterans available on the market, and we'll see. Once roster cutdowns happen, where the Panthers add somebody. So right now, I'm still wondering, do the Panthers want to add a veteran Reds rusher? Um, Maybe they want to get the money figured out with Brian Burns first. Maybe they feel good about the guys that they have. And I mentioned this on yesterday's show when looking at DeAndre Hopkins heading to Tennessee, where he's going to get two years, $26 million, I believe $12 million in that first year. And he's, and you look at his stats, I think it was uh, ESPN a little blurb, or not a blurb, but like a graphic showing his career touchdown receptions with the rest of the Titans wide receivers. It is massive. Mike Vrabel, the head coach, had more career touchdowns than the guys who were playing wide receiver for him before DeAndre Hopkins signed with Tennessee on Sunday afternoon. But when they decided, when he decided to do that, and the Panthers didn't sign him, which didn't really feel like there was that much interest, it kind of felt like to me the Panthers was telling us, me and you and everyone, that hey, we feel good about the wide receivers that we have. Are the Panthers telling us right now that they feel good about the edge rushers that they have on the roster? Albeit, there's been multiple times so far this offseason where Scott Fitter, the Panthers' general manager, has said, yeah, we could look at an edge rusher. Even after drafting DJ Johnson, who they traded up from 93 to 80 to get there in the third round, although it looks like he's more of a project, and we'll see where Amari Barno is a second-year player out of Virginia Tech in his development. So it's still a question mark as far as who's going to start there and if they're going to get the kind of production that they're hoping to get this upcoming season in Carolina. Another unanswered question, Jeremy Chin. We know he's going to play safety. We know he's going to play a little bit of a playmaker role. He's going to do some freelancing. Now, of course, he's going to play in the construct of this 3-4 scheme. What's it going to look like? How is he going to be deployed this season? We're not going to really find out until we see them in shorts and T-shirts next week in Spartanburg, or really when we see 
the joint practices and the preseason against the Jets. That's when we're going to start to find out what he's going to do. But even then, they're going to be fairly vanilla. It's going to really be week one against Atlanta when we find out how Jeremy Chin's going to be used. Because Von Bell came here to Carolina to be one of the leaders on this defense, but also to primarily play safety and to put Jeremy Chin in position where he can be more of a playmaker than he has been, I guess, the last two seasons when primarily playing at safety. When he played close to the line of scrimmage at linebacker out of necessity his rookie year in 2020, he was second in voting for Rookie Defensive Player of the Year, right behind Chase Young, who was the number two overall pick coming out of Ohio State and lived up to the billing. But Chin has been a better player through three seasons in the NFL than Chase Young, and he had the injury last year with his hamstring, but he's been one of the core pieces of this defense and a team that's really struggled to find wins over the last couple seasons. And now being in the position he's going to be in, which we don't really know what it's going to look like or what it's going to be, Jeremy Chin has a chance to really capitalize and make a ton of money next season. And fingers crossed, we talk about Brian Burns, but we're going to have to figure out a way to keep Jeremy Chin here long-term in Carolina. And even talk about Jeremy Chin, Frankie Louvu, who was that inside linebacker last year, also, you know, kind of played some edge too, as far as like an edge rusher on the outside linebacker in Phil Snow's multiple scheme. And then things even changed up a little bit when Al, Al Washington – Al Holcomb, rather. Al Holcomb and Steve Wilkes took over as a defensive play callers when Steve became the interim head coach. How does Frankie Louvu line up? How much is he at inside linebacker? Does he play a little bit of outside linebacker, particularly on third down and those pass rushing downs? We'll see how that works out going into the season. But Burns, whether he's going to sign a new deal, wondering about that. Who's going to start opposite of him? Are the Panthers good set there heading into training camp? And Jeremy Chin, Frankie Louvu, how's it going to look for them? How are they going to line up? This upcoming season, all things that we're going to find out maybe in training camp, but probably more so once the regular season gets going with that opener down there in Atlanta against the Falcons. Now, there's still other questions I have, in particular health and roles for some guys heading into the season. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. But guys, it's still baseball season, and the Braves are still out there doing their thing. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200. You can spend betting everything from the money line to over-under to who you think is going to homer first in the game that you're watching, all on an app that's safe secure and super easy to use plus when you win you get paid instantly no waiting around it could be sunday the bank's not open doesn't matter you're getting your money right there on FanDuel and who doesn't love getting money instantly there's a no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel America's number one sports book so sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get $200 in bonus bets that's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel official partner of Major League Baseball I still have more questions heading into training camp next week for the Carolina Panthers and what this team is going to look like. And I talked about it yesterday on the show where there's maybe three, four roster spots that are actually available. Now, what roles guys are going to be playing, that's going to get figured out. And some of the guys who may end up not earning the roles that they want could see themselves being waived and finding another future somewhere else in the NFL later on this season. So we go into pretty much know what the roster is going to look like, who's going to be on the roster, but with the players that are on the roster and who may or may not be on the roster, I still have some unanswered questions that I need to get answered during training camp and during the preseason before 
Toe meets Leather down there in Atlanta in September. So talk about Brian Burns, whether he gets a new deal. Not overly concerned about that. Think it's going to happen. I mean, not. I, I'm very confident it's going to happen. If it doesn't, oh boy, that would be a complete disaster. And we'll cross that bridge if we get there and hope that God we never do. Uh, Panthers, whether they're going to add an edge rusher or they go to the guys they have on the roster, they seem to be good at wide receiver. They didn't seem to be all that interested in Nuke Hopkins. So I guess that might be the same case of edge rusher, but we'll see. And then Jeremy Chin, where does he line up? Frankie Louvu. Is he going to play a little bit outside linebacker, possibly help out with that need at edge rusher if there is a need? We will see how that works out this upcoming season here in Carolina. But some other questions I have heading to training camp next week. We know that Austin Corbett's going to start off on the pup list. That has been stated by Frank Reich back a month ago at the end of mandatory minicamp. That was the only player he said that he expected to start off the season on pup, which is physically unable to perform list, and that he'll be ready at some point this season. We don't know when that's going to be. We just know that Corbett is not going to be ready to go, and it was always wishful thinking when he first tore his ACL back in January against the Saints in Week 18 that he would be ready Week 1. But considering like his size and weight, being an offensive lineman, it's just and just the timing, it wasn't realistic that he would be ready to go. But the good thing is the Carolina Panthers have a plan. We'll talk about that, what we know heading to training camp, and that the Panthers have good depth on the offensive line, and that's no longer a massive concern on the roster, at least for me. And if there's someone out there concerned about the O-line, um, what's wrong with you? Because I am not one of those people. But either way, health is a concern. And the other position group where there's really a big concern about health is that corner. And we talked about it earlier this month. And I felt so gross when breaking down a cornerback and just talking pretty negatively, but it's just the reality. Dante Jackson and J.C. Horn, the last two years together, have just not been healthy enough for the Panthers. Now, Dante's missed more time than J.C. as far as, you know, last year and the year before. And then J.C. missed almost his entire rookie season on just a bad luck turf injury where he broke his foot. And he told Joe Person back in June, right before the beginning of Mantua Minicamp, that these injuries that have happened have been bone breaks. It hasn't been any muscle issues, anything like that. It's just bad luck. It's the nature of the game. And then we find out the next day that he's out for the rest of OTAs and will miss all of mandatory minicamp with an ankle slash foot issue, which was the opposite one that he broke a couple of years ago in week three on Thursday Night Football in Houston that cost him the final 14 games of his rookie season. Will he be ready to go? The thought was that he would be. And Frank Reich said that only player who will be starting off on PUP will be Austin Corbett. Will he be get ready to go? Um, as far as J.C. Horn goes, we hope. Dante Jackson spoke to the media. Sounded like he was good heading into training camp with that Achilles, which obviously is a very significant injury. And he's had a lot of time, I guess more time than Corbett, to really rehab and adjust to life now with a former retro Achilles, which is never easy to bounce back from, especially for a player playing a skill position like corner who has a ton of speed, and that's been really his calling court outside of just being an absolute ball hawk in certain situations since he entered the league and has played for Carolina. If Dante Jackson loses a step, that's not good because he's already had his moments where he's been behind a step as a corner, and that's a position where you once you lose your athleticism, you're cooked in this league. And we saw what Richard Sherman looked like before the Achilles, what he looked like after the Achilles, and even he was an older player when that happened. Dante, not nearly as old as Richard Sherman when Sherman lost his Achilles. So let's hope that Dante's ready to go. My concern is that he comes back, he's healthy, but he's not the same guy. 
and then the Panthers are going to have to move on from him next offseason. But the hope is that he'll be ready to go. Well, that's something that we're concerned about. At least that's an unanswered question for me. Will Dante, will J.C. Horn be full go? It's one thing to be out there, but will they be full go, ready to be full participants? And when the pads go on, will they be out there? We'll see. Now, it's not just them. There's uh, not a, a litany, but there's a decent amount of guys that are really going to be dependent upon this upcoming season where there's questions about their health. I mean, we talked about Dante, talked about J.C. Not great that two guys, your top two corners, are coming off of injuries. We also have Hayden Hurst, a big free agent signing, who dealt a groin injury all last year, had surgery on a sports hernia. He missed a little bit of time during OTAs, but he was ready to go at the end of it with Mantor Minicamp. D.J. Chark, who battled a foot injury last year, really been a foot ankle kind of situation last couple seasons that he's had to deal with. He had some surgery to clean that up, and he also, like Hayden Hurst, took a little bit of time before he was ready to go during the Panthers offseason program. Are they good? Like, are they ready to go? Because the Panthers are looking at Hayden Hurst and DJ Chark to be a big part of this passing offense and to help Bryce Young. If Hurst and Chark aren't right, then we have a problem here this upcoming season as far as it goes with the the, the pass catchers. I've looked at the group collectively when I bring in Miles Sanders and Hayden Hurst, look at the wide receivers. There's more options. I'm not overly impressed. They did the best they could. You can't have two of these guys, in particular Hurst and Chark, dealing with injuries and not available for Bryce Young this season, especially as a rookie learning and adapting to the National Football League under Frank Reich and this new offense. So there's concerns there. Now we already talked about Austin Corbett, his injury is going to keep him out for a little bit of time. Brian Burns coming off an injury. It's not ideal to have the, the amount of especially important players on this roster. That's six starters who you question just – more questions than others. Like, one more of them, like, Corbett, obviously, big question. Dante, I feel like a big question. JC, Hayden, DJ, Brian Burke, probably not as big, but there certainly are a little bit of concerns about their health heading into training camp next week. Now, Terrace Marshall is one player who has dealt with injuries the last couple seasons, but last year, once Rule was gone, and once the emphasis was on running the football, Deontay Foreman and with Chuba Hubbard and then going off of that and trying to, trying to throw the ball down the field if possible, Terrace Marshall became the number two wide receiver. And he showed some signs of being someone that you can really depend on potentially down the line. Now, the Panthers looked at what they had here in a wide receiver room after trading DJ Moore and felt the need to bring in Adam Thielen and DJ Chark, which then, I guess, left people to wonder what Terrace Marshall's role be. That's still a question after the Carolina Panthers decided – in the second round, at 39th overall, to take Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss, who really impressed the Panthers coaching staff, in particular Sean Jefferson, their new wide receiver coach, who's worked with a lot of good wide receivers throughout his tenure in the NFL. Is Mingo coming in to replace Marshall? Of course, there's a learning curve from a player who comes from college football, really wasn't that much of a producer, to now coming to the NFL. At least he's coming in healthy, something that Terrace Marshall, when drafted a couple years ago, wasn't coming in with a clean bill of health to the NFL. I'm wondering what his role is going to be. I would pencil him right now as the number three wide receiver. That was the same case last year. And Terrace had injury in preseason, in training camp, and lost his job to Shai Smith and was not out there for the first couple weeks of the season until Rule left or was fired and told to get the hell out of town. We didn't get to see much of Terrace Marshall. Can Terrace Marshall get off to a good start and really solidify his spot as that number three wide receiver and be a part of this passing game moving forward? And it's not just Terrace Marshall. What's the role going to be for a guy like Tommy Trimble and Ian Thomas? It's been stated before by Thomas Brown, the new OC here in Carolina, that there's a spot 
for a secondary tight end to be a part of the pass game here in Carolina. And we've seen in the past, and I think it's mainly going to um, mean a lot for Hayden Hurst, but we've seen in the past with Frank Reich offenses how tight ends have played really well, and they've had big-time years. Tremble, Thomas, I think we're not asking, I think, a lot of them coming into the season. If you're a Panthers fan or you're someone an observer of the team, you're not expecting a ton out of them. But can you see more than what we saw the last couple of seasons where clearly the tight end position was not an emphasis, whether it was Joe Brady, Jeff Nixon, or Ben McAdoo calling the plays, that's going to change. So does that open up opportunities for them in this new tight end friendly scheme? And then the last question I have is kind of unanswered and I guess maybe one of the bigger questions because there just really isn't an answer right now, uh, which is why it's an unanswered question, but I don't think there's a clear one. Um, it's who's going to be the primary returner. There's guys like Marquez Stevenson who can make the roster as a returner. Shai Smith's certainly going to need to try to make the roster that way. Raheem Blackshear, I think he'll be on the roster whether he's a returner or not, but he's certainly going to help in that manner. Who's going to be the primary returns for the Panthers, and can they get something out of the punt return game this upcoming season? Now, with the new rule change with the kickoffs, does it really matter all that much? I don't know, but you still want to have somebody who can be a game-breaker back there, and I still think that guys like Chris Tabor, who, of course, make their money as special teams coordinators, and puts together really spe good special teams groups, will want to utilize someone who's going to be a threat back there in a return game. Who will be the primary returners for the Carolina Panthers heading to the season? That's also been a question that we have asked year in and year out, just not knowing. But maybe that even emphasizes just the lack of importance the return game has played in a game of football because of the rule changes to try and protect players in an inherently dangerous game. So there we go. Some unanswered questions heading in to training camp next week as the Panthers head down I-85 South to Spartanburg and chill out there on the campus of Wofford College. So those are questions that we have. What are some of the things that we already know heading into training camp? Questions that have been answered throughout the offseason program and heading into training camp next week. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. The good thing is the Panthers do know a few things heading into training camp, and there's plenty of teams out there, I guess maybe outside of like Kansas City, like Buffalo, that um, don't have anything to answer. Now, they definitely do, uh, but most teams in the NFL, like the vast majority, all of them really, have questions heading into the year and what their team's going to look like. And that's why you have the offseason program. That's why there's training camp. That's why there's preseason. And that's why there's a roster cut down and the waiver wire and all that kind of stuff. Because then you want to solve and answer all these questions so you're ready to go week one. But it's a 17-game season. you got 18 weeks. got plenty of time. You know, don't want to lose early on. But you have plenty of time to really figure out what your team's going to be and who your team is is going to be and what their identity is going to end up being at some point in the season. That's the problem the Panthers have had the last couple of years is they haven't had an identity. We didn't know what they were. I guess they were like the fighting Christian McCaffrey's, but according to Cam Irving, no, that's not who they were. But at times when he was on the field, that seemed to be kind of what they were trying to do. And we knew that they have playmakers back in 2020. Big season from Robbie, from DJ, from Curtis Samuel, Mike Davis filling in for Christian McCaffrey whatever reason, that didn't result in wins. And we knew that when it came down to winning the game at the end, Teddy just didn't deliver, and the offensive scheme was good enough. The offensive line also was terrible, and it was just a comedy of errors, and the Panthers weren't able to make it through. Doing Sam Darnold, we kind of figured out what the identity was. Hey, just give the ball to Christian McCaffrey. Once Christian was gone, and then Sam went down, it just we didn't really know what the team was. And last year, at the end, you, you felt like you knew what the identity was. Steve Wilkes had to protect the bank. They want to win with defense. They want to win with the run game. Now, 
how much can you really win in the NFL nowadays leaning solely on the run? Um, I'm sure you can get there. We've seen Tennessee, the Titans, have success leaning on Derrick Henry. But at the end of the day, your quarterback's got to step up. And Tannehill in the situation that he didn't step up, didn't do it, even when they were the top seed. Now the Panthers, now Bryce Young, with what should still be a good running game, you feel like there's going to be more balance and there's going to be able to be an offensive identity. And also helps when you have an actual NFL head coach in Frank Reich and a top-notch NFL staff, you feel a lot better about what this team can be, what they can look like, and what their identity will be this upcoming season because we have not known what the identity of the team has been the last couple of years. Now, a few things that have been answered this offseason as far as what the team's going to look like and who's going to fill certain spots, we have a few answers, and I think the top one is Bryce Young is going to be quarterback one when they answer when they enter camp next week. And it's hard to imagine that Bryce Young, who has done everything that they wanted from him and asked of him so far, hard to imagine that he's not going to start week one in Atlanta. Now, it's still possible that they look at Bryce Young, look at the team, and think it would be better for Bryce to just sit behind Andy Dalton for the first couple weeks. Then they'll do it. I don't see that happening. And their plan, as they said, was always to get Bryce in there, ready to be QB1 at the end of mandatory minicamp, and he Checked all the boxes that they need to see. Imagine he's going to keep going out there and checking boxes, and he's going to learn a lot over the first three, over those three preseason games, and over the next month and a half before the season actually starts in September. So, not overly concerned about that, but that's something that we do know that Bryce Young will open camp as QB1, and all expectations are that he'll start week one on the road at Mercedes Benz Stadium against the Falcons. Uh, The second thing we do know, Cade Mays is going to be the starter at right guard to start off the season filling in for Austin Corbett. Mays is someone the Panthers really liked last year, put him in the backfield in the Arby's package. Panthers had all the meat they threw around last year, and it helped them win a couple games there down the stretch and put him in position to contend for the NFC South title in Week 817 in Tampa Bay. But now Cade Mays comes in. He's played with the first team all offseason long at right guard. There's some thoughts that maybe a guy like Justin McCray, maybe Chandler Zavala, who played left guard in college at NC State, maybe they can come in. Michael Jordan, someone who's still on the roster of the football one, uh, as the other one is, I guess, getting out of town after he sold the Hornets. But still, Michael Jordan, he's on the roster as an experienced player, hadn't seen a lot of snaps, didn't really play last year at all. I wouldn't expect him to make the roster, but does he find a way to fill in at right guard? It really feels like right now that it's pretty clear that Cade Mays is going to be the guy for the Carolina Panthers heading into the season at right guard. And then the only question is just when will Austin Corbett take over? If Corbett's healthy, will Mays stay in that position? A lot of pressure on Cade Mays, but with the four guys around him that are veterans now, and I'll count Icky as a veteran. He played every game, every snap last year. He will be in a good situation on that offensive line coached by James Campen. Uh, the third thing that we know, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, they're going to be the top two wide receiver options. Not quite sure what the role of Terrace Marshall is going to be, what it's going to look like for Levisha Chenault, Jonathan Mingo, how he's going to be incorporated. But the Panthers, once they traded away DJ Moore, they identified Adam Thielen as someone who they needed to bring in as a veteran in that room, as someone they can rely on in the slot, and someone that – Bryce Young can really lean on the rookie quarterback that they knew they were going to bring in, that they knew that they had a guy who could come in and help this roster and can produce for them. Just production they haven't really got the last couple of seasons outside of just DJ Moore. Now, is he DJ? No, of course not. But he's someone 
I think the Panthers, at least this year, at age 33 in 2023, they can depend on this upcoming season. DJ Chark has had injury concerns, but he adds another element the Panthers have not had and what they certainly want in this offense. And when you combine those guys with Hayden Hurst and even potentially Miles um, Sanders out of the backfield, then you have a good situation as far as options for Bryce Young as a rookie quarterback going into this 2023 NFL season. So Thielen, Chark, pretty straightforward that those are going to be the top two wide receiver options going into the season because they did not bring them off the street and give them the money that they gave them to not have them start for the team this upcoming season when healthy. So we know those three things heading to the year as nothing's ever a certainty, but they feel fairly certain as we get ready to open up camp next week down there in Wofford. All right, it's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all make sure to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Friday I'll be back. It's been a while, but I'll be back to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me over on Twitter, at Julian Council. You can also hit me up on uh, threads if you want. Um, but yeah, either at me or DM me on Twitter to get those questions in, and I'll answer all those on Friday. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Wednesday.